Hello everyone, welcome to Chomping After Dark, the podcast where we deep dive into the stories of our favorite video games, movies, TV shows, and comic books. In preparation for one of the biggest games of the year, we decided to go back to 2018 to discuss a game about a daycare simulator where you take a child on a field trip through mythology. Of course I am talking about 2018's God of War. But before we delve deeply into the story of this here game, let me introduce you to the crew. I'm Shay, and it's a pleasure. Joining me is the resident boy, Rich Meister. Boy! <laughs> um, Rich, good to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, a young, a young, a healthy young man. Um, you're young, you're healthy. I'm you're, um, neither of those things. Uh, no, you're young. You're damn young. Nah, man. Nah, man. We're ticking to 30, so no. I mean, you're, you're young enough to never have any hope of owning property. That's true. I, uh, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a weird tangent to have on this show. But today, a, a very nice old woman was talking to me at work and it seemed like one of those things where it was gonna have a really bad interaction where uh like i was like ah, i'm doing all right she goes well i don't see how you could be doing all right she's like i'm a boomer and we ruined everything for you <laughs> <laughs> oh she sounds nice she was like i'm kind of counting on your generation to like turn things around but doesn't seem to be going that great <laughs> plus side i'm gonna die soon so good luck. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Rich, I'm glad you're here. I'm also joined by Mr. Josh Fowler today. Josh, how you doing? I popped that uh, pork rind in my mouth at exactly the wrong moment. I think it was perfect. That crunch, baby. Ooh, crisp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yes. I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at you as no, I was... no, no, no. no. It was, that was my own fault. I should. You just introduced Rich. I should have known exactly where that social interaction was going, and yet, true, the pork rind was calling my name. Usually, um, jo- uh, Shay staring directly at both of our mouths at all times. Yeah, it's God. true. Yeah, how could anyone not? Out of sheer terror. Yeah, yeah. I, you're gonna mm-hmm. get some papers from my attorney tomorrow. Uh, Shoe Terror is the, my porn name, actually. Mm. It's a shame that nobody will work with me, though. Terror. Mine's Terror of the Deep. <laughs> what does that mean? What are you doing in there that you're calling? What that? are you doing down there? <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I'm going to carry it over to this podcast, too. Oh, oh God. I hope everyone. these airs spur- like horribly out of order and this is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, we can only hope. We we can only hope. That's the dream, baby. I, Ring I a ding doing, ding, uh, baby. I, I sure. I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm busy here. We've got we've got folks in town. Uh, so there's there's a lot going on here. But uh, yeah, it's good busy. It's been yeah, been fun. Yeah, I mean, like even if it's not the greatest of circumstances, it's good to see family. Yeah, you know? that's why I hang out at the Olive Garden. Uh huh. God, like, I know you guys are going to scoff at me for this, but I could go for some of those Olive Garden breadsticks right about now. Fuck they're, you. They're, they're, they're good in a troubling way. It's I like don't... when you want to make bad life decisions yeah. and you're okay with it, you go Can get I tell Olive you, Garden breadsticks. I, yeah. I know people say that, but I don't have a baseline because I don't think I've had an Olive Garden breadstick in 20 years. Well, no, you no. Fix it, man. They're good. No, I'm not no, gonna go to no they, they really are. They really are. I mean, it, it's it's You're not, not often you get to consume me. the spawn of of a cotton swab and, and the marshmallow peep that you know gave birth into a vat of of garlic not, butter. But but <laughs> it, it's not a matter of not agreeing with you because it's not that I don't believe Olive Garden breadsticks are good. It's that that doesn't mean I'm going to go to an Olive Garden. Oh. Yeah, like, I, I imagine you have something, like, 
some kind of New York doctrine to say like if you go there, you're no longer okay. allowed. Yeah, to you, be you can't you can't go back to Little Italy. They'll smell they'll smell that Olive Garden stink on man. Okay, look, we talked about this earlier in the night, so I'm just gonna lay it out. There's a few. There, there's a few uh, rules in New York, and there's you don't go to Olive Garden, okay? Right. You you don't. Okay, I shouldn't say you don't eat like fast food. Like you can eat Domino's, but you don't call it pizza. That's just insulting. You don't go to Panda Express. You just don't. And um, I'm not allowed to change my clothes until the Yankees are in the World Series. Yeah, the Panda Express one. I'm going to be honest, makes the most sense, because why would you overpay for worse Chinese food if you're, you're make, actually yeah. there? Yeah, It, it makes make more sense, sense out in, you know, you know, podunk, podunk. Ordering Chinese food in New York is an experience because you're going to get Chinese food. It might be not be the thing you ordered, but it's going to be four times as much food as you wanted. No, you're you're going to get whatever... The kid whose homework you interrupted by calling in there to order decides to actually place. I'm so for your glad order. that you know about that, John. Yeah. <laughs> because without fail, that is there's four kids doing homework. Yeah, no, the, that's, that's who takes tables. your order. Yeah, at one of the two tables, this eight year old gets up from her math homework and is like, "How can I help you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, <laughs> let's actually talk about what we assembled here to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry, I forgot fault. which show we were doing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So from this point on, there will be spoilers. If you are concerned with getting spoiled on the game, please go play it and come back to listen when you have completed it. But now, turn the lights down low. Slip into something more comfortable. Grab the head of an annoying talking creature and sip on an exquisitely flavored beverage as we tell you a tale by the fireplace. Centuries after the defeat of the Olympian gods, Kratos is living a simple life with his son Atreus in the realm of Midgard. After After cremating the body of his second wife, Faye, who died from unknown causes, Kratos is confronted by a stranger with godly powers and strength. The two fight in a cataclysmic battle. Kratos ends up the victor, seemingly killing the stranger. Kratos and Atreus begin their journey to honor Faye's last wish, to scatter her ashes at the highest peak in the Nine Realms. Along the way, they encounter the kindly Witch of the Woods, who recognizes Kratos as a god. So as many of us can actually attest to up until the release of this game our experiences with kratos were those of pure bloodshed and deft killing there was little to be said about kratos's story besides revenge and brutality as the trailers alluded to and as the beginning of this game ended up showing we see a different side of kratos we see a loving husband and a struggling single father now josh how rewarding was it to see a different side to a gaming icon that had minimal depth suddenly become a more nuanced protagonist? It was very rewarding. I, th- I think this game's intro is is excellent as far as that goes. I, I, the 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 original God of War intros are are no slouch either. Um, as far as getting you right into the action, whereas this one is it, it's trying to accomplish a different goal. Uh, as far as you know re-establishing who this character is um and i i think they nailed it um the 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 intro to god of war is so so good at um setting up new place obviously like you're you're in a new pantheon here uh setting up how Kratos has changed in the intervening years. Um, I, I taking a franchise in a new direction is is always kind of a scary prospect, but I think they the, the framing of it here 
really starts things off on the right foot. Mm. Yeah, I I want to say like to add to that, you're right. It's setting up a new place and we're setting up a new Kratos that we've never seen before either. Mm-hmm. And the way they handle that to make him seem so much more developed in such a short amount of time is expertly done in my opinion. Rich, what like what do you want to add to that? How did you feel about oh, it? Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly and I think it's a strong intro, but it also pays off in dividends as the game continues and obviously we'll get into that a little more later. Yeah. But I think what they do is not not necessarily what I was expecting them to do, but like taking the idea of Kratos and who he was, who was the ghost of Sparta, like this rage-filled, revenge-bent man and sort of moving him to this point in his life where he's like had time to reflect on everything and he's just very kind of, it's somber almost mm-hmm. and at times frustrated like they show shades of him like trying to control that rage when he's dealing with Atreus and also having those clear moments whereas I think it comes across either way, but more so for people that have played the original series where like Atreus will be sort of springboarding something and Kratos will be like, no, you like, you don't understand. Like there's this like level of parental, but also just from what Kratos has lived frustration about, like you don't understand the way the world works and the things I've done. And Kratos is not, we weren't expecting this like deep character study from Kratos, but it's so effective. Yeah, I just yeah. I remember the trailer um back in the day when it came out and I I could like I had to suspend disbelief a little bit because I was like, man, I don't know if they can really make Kratos believably matured and wizened and yeah. The trailer was like a good showing for yeah, we we're, we're committing to this path. This is going to be the next chapter uh for Kratos and when you start the game uh, how do I say that? It, I don't know what I'm, like exactly how I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say. It fulfilled the the promise that they set out to fulfill very early on. Maybe that's the best way I can put it right now. I, I was thoroughly. It sets a tone by- that makes it clear that they they know what they're doing with this, and we'll obviously talk about this when we get to it. But I think where it comes full circle for me is. There's a point later on where Kratos returns to the house. I can't wait to talk about that because I think that scene with characters from his past are like, that's one of my favorite moments in that game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And that, that first fight also, I mean, just as a quick aside, brilliant fight. Love that fight. Really good. Really good. <laughs> really good action. A, a, really good action. B kind of setting up some of the character changes that go on there um with with this character who you're fighting against who you can easily get hits on because he's you know story reasons we'll get to momentarily but like he's fast you're you're like you're not going to juggle him you're not going to just be a rage filled just unstoppable force here because that works against you in literally the first fight you're in in this game uh like if you if you try to take attacks too far Mm. on him he'll dodge and punish you for for just going all in and trying to just play the same way you have every other time in this series yeah yeah there's a lot that they set up early on that it's like everything about you know about the series is changing and in some ways for the better so the game has changed mcgruber but the players are the same <laughs> kind of true all right let's move on to the next bit of the story reaching the lake of the nine which acts as the hub for their adventures through midgard the pair encounters the friendly world serpent jormungandr that's my accent. The, there's, the there's last a pair now? giant. What? <laughs> what, did you say? what did you say? I'm sorry. I couldn't so, hear you. So there's a pair seat. now? The pair as in Kratos and Atreus. Oh, oh I, 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 I was thinking, you know, that sort of, you know, the, the, the fruit. I like, a, fruit. I, I like a good pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Alright. Moving on. After an important discussion with Jormungandr, they continue on their journey, but find their path blocked by impenetrable black mist. The Witch of the Woods appears and instructs them to use the Bifrost to travel to Alfheim and secure its light in order to extinguish the mist. Successful, they reach Midgard's peak. They happen upon a conversation between the stranger who had previously attacked them, revealed to be Baldur, son of Odin, and the imprisoned Mimir. After Baldur leaves, Kratos and Atreus confront Mimir, who reveals that the highest peak is in Jotunheim. But the giant, excuse me, but the giants have blocked travel there to keep out Odin and Thor. Mimir tells the pair that he knows of another path and instructs Kratos to behead him and have his head revived by the Witch of the Woods. Upon resurrection, he reveals the witch to be the disgraced goddess Freya. Due to Kratos' past experiences and long-standing hatred of gods, he immediately distrusts Freya. Despite his attitude and behavior, both Freya and Mimir warn him that he must tell Atreus about his true nature. So one of the main highlights of this game is the dialogue in banter, specifically between Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir as they travel through Midgard. Rich, how important was the non-cutscene dialogue to rounding out these characters and their relationships with each other in the world around them? This game, and I remember talking about it a lot of the time, has some of my favorite uh, like banter and sort of flavor text um, in games like this, because you do spend a lot of your time just sort of moving around in that boat, and they just sort of fill it by having Mimir or Kratos tell stories to Atreus, and like normally on its face that might seem like surface level, but they do a really good job of sort of having these like in-depth character moments from like, what is Atreus taking from the story and how is Kratos reacting to that? How is Mimir reacting to that? And what can it tell us about these three characters? And all of that stuff comes together really nicely. And also I always give it credit because this seems so obvious, but it wasn't even back in 2018 when this game came out where God of War is one of the best solutions for you're reaching a point and we're in the middle of like an optional quote unquote bit of dialogue where Kratos will give a simple, we'll finish the story later and pick up the head and move on instead yeah. of just awkwardly cutting it off. Yeah. And, and then they actually will because in so we'll many other games, pick it up just from where they get back to it. And yeah, but yeah. they will literally, you get back in the boat and he'll be like, so where were we? Yeah, no, I, I, that's so nice as, as far as pacing goes, because there are so many games where I'll be like in the middle of something like, all right, I, I can tell that they're, uh, I'm, I'm about ready to get to a new actual so story zone here while they finish what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, yeah, that that just mechanically, as far as how there, there's, we don't talk about mechanically how you tell a story in a game a lot. Like we we kind of separate those a lot, but and it feels natural because like you're usually getting to a point where creators can be like, all right, we need to kind of be on our toes here, so we'll, yeah. we'll finish talking later. Yeah, it really is done well as far as giving you that feeling of it. It, it, it really does. It has a road trip, you know, like buddy story sort of a feel to it. Is you're you're the adventure you're it's, going on. You know, it's got that four anime boys in a car. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're on a mission from God. <laughs> to kill God. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that when games do that, though. Like, there are certain games that have come out re fairly recently that have done that really well, do the whole, like, dialogue and banter while you're yep. in the midst of the gameplay. And I really like when games do that. And this game, I think, is the best version of that. And yeah, I think it's re really important because it also shows the the humanity in Kratos and his genuine desire to try and be a better person that he was in all the previous events that took place. He's really trying yes. to separate himself from the past and these little seemingly unimportant conversations do such a good job of framing it that way. Kratos is more than the guy who beat Hercules to death with his own gloves. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. 
Let's move on to the next section. In search of components to open Jotunheim's portal, Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir are attacked by Baldur's nephews. What's up? No, no a, this is what happens when we have the guy from Japan try to, you know, say all the Norwegian words. Jotunheim. Oh, it is Jotunheim, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Norwegian right. J is a is a Y sound. You're right. Thank you guys I for just, pointing that out. Like, it me. wasn't egregious enough that I was going to say anything, but I just saw Josh making a face. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, face. no. The, the Norwegian guy here is, is kind of, you know. Yeah. I just cringe a little bit every now for and For the then. record, I don't think you were doing an egregiously bad pronunciation or anything. No, no. I mean, frankly, we Norwegians didn't do a particularly great job at learning English when we came but here. But it's not like he was out here being like, so we went over to Jotunheim. <laughs> But no, that's fair. Okay. Let me redo that part then. No, 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 no. No, no worries. We It's fine. Just we it's leave all the, the words. That's my secret cap. I'm always worried. <laughs> exactly. Okay. In search of components to open Jotunheim's portal, Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir are attacked by Baldur's nephews, Magni and Modi. Kratos kills Magni, causing Modi to flee. He later ambushes the trio. Kratos fends him off, but Atreus collapses, overcome by illness due to the contradiction of a god believing himself to be mortal. Freya offers to help Atreus, instructing Kratos to retrieve the heart of a specific troll in Helheim. However, Helheim. His, Helheim. However, his frost-based Leviathan axe is useless in the icy realm. Kratos returns home to unearth his old trusty weapons, the fiery A gun. blades of chaos. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. he is haunted by Athena's spirit, reminding him of his past deeds. After retrieving the heart, he has a haunting vision of Zeus, and Mimir pieces together Kratos's bloody past. Freya revives Atreus, and Kratos tells him that they are gods. Atreus becomes increasingly arrogant and, against Kratos' orders, murders a weakened Modi, who is beaten by his father Thor for not avenging Magni. At Midgar's peak, Kratos and Atreus are ambushed by Baldur, resulting in Jotunheim's portal being destroyed and the group falling into Helheim. So as players, we see Atreus tempted with the same power that has fueled Kratos' war on Olympus. Josh, how important is it for Kratos to see the corruption of power manifest in his own flesh and blood? And despite Atreus being alright by the end of the game, do you think that momentary corruption of power bodes well for the future? As far as this game's nerves you know goes it's it's not the largest thread but as far as i've followed this series for decades at this point goes that's kind of the thread is, especially knowing who that child is to become yeah but, but especially seeing you know atreus you know being a completely up his own ass self-centered little shit just like kratos was for the every other game you know Having having Kratos far. see that and go, you need to stop this kid. Like this, this doesn't lead anywhere good. Is kind of kind of showing showing where this character has gone, mm. um, um, and and how he's grown, how Kratos it, has grown. It, it, it's also part of Kratos' hang-up, though, right? Like, the stigma of what he's been through of, like, is it making it worse that he hit it? Because, you know, in Kratos' eyes, like, it's not just a matter of you don't need to be so proud. It's that in Kratos' eye, being a god is basically something to be ashamed of. He, he ca- yes. Like, yeah, it's a pro- it's a mistake he made, but also given where they were coming from with the Greek pantheon, granted, this is not exactly canon or anything but where these games have come from story-wise this is a fault of literally every god kratos has dealt with up till this point 
is is being just a completely self-centered just piece of shit. Yeah. And so it makes sense why he would try to hide that from his son. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying... And also, the point I... Because we covered a lot of territory in that last... uh, Yeah, really. Like, uh, before this, and I think it's not only important for people who haven't played the other games, but it's important to, like, reinforce where Kratos has come since the original series. The stuff in Helheim, and particularly the stuff when he returns to uh, get the Blades of Chaos and has that discussion with Athena in the boat on the way back is like one of my favorite moments of realizing what Kratos has come to terms with about his past because he has this like uh, it, does, it makes me want to replay it thinking about this right he has this really great exchange with Athena where I just love like their over the top like super fucking up its own ass dialogue where she says something to him like look at those blades and look at the scars and it'll always remind you that you're a monster and then like his last line before Athena fades is I but I am your monster no longer and I'm like oh Kratos is ready he's ready to murder I'm Damn. in <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah I, I feel like this is kind of not the through line of this story but as far as like kind of resolving a lot of the um Just like previous hangups this character had um is is done through through this you know section of the story um mm. there's you, you can sense a lot of growth in Kratos through here w- whether or not it's growth that's happening right now or growth that you're kind of just now privy to like this is this is kind of what this is yeah. set up to to get across and it's sort of interesting to get this reflection that it basically seems like through his wife like Kratos met someone that helped him like accept that he doesn't just have to be this monster anymore and kind of like try and move on with his life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like like Josh you were saying it's really important to show the progress we've seen in Kratos um and to see like how far he's come when he is scolding Atreus by saying like look bro he doesn't say it directly like this, but he's like, I've lived this life. It's not going to take you anywhere that you think it's going to take you. Kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, it's it's kind of indicative of what we all have gone through at a younger age. And then when we all become presumably responsible adults or we become parents or whatever the case is, when you are trying to guide someone and it's like, bro, I know who you were. I know you were the, like, I was the troublemaking kid. I was the one who did this shit. And, yeah. I'm telling you, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, I think that's part of the reason why, like, so many, because obviously the gaming space is largely male dominated, and I think that's why a lot of fathers, um, really gravitated towards this game because this is kind of what they heard from their their father or father figures growing up, if they had one, and um what they kind of are dealing with now telling their children like you know this is this is this is a process of growing up uh you're a troublemaker when you're growing up you grow up and then you have to tell your offspring that you know this path doesn't lead anywhere and it's kind of very cyclical but there's so much realism in those kind of situations even though it's in a supernatural setting Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I that's I, I mean, but those things happen in real life. Like we've all been to that case where we go to hell to get a troll heart and then we like bump into our dad. Mhm. Mm. It's like it's like true. the fuck kid. I thought I told you there's nothing down here. I'm like screw you old man, I'm going this way anyway. <gasps> I wa- I am going to go talk to that girl. Mm-hmm. That's the troll heart I'm trying to yep. get. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I understood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just want to clarify it for the three of you out there who didn't understand. Just but story as old as time. Tale as old as time. Song as old as rhyme. Uh, I do think that there's something like there's going to be something more sinister that happens with Atreus at some point. But um, as we're going to allude to a little bit later, I don't think that'll be his like like Anakin moment. I don't think that'll happen. But but he he won't shut up about how much he hates sand. Fuck sand. Alright. Moving on. Atreus makes amends with Kratos, and as they continue on, 
they learn of Freya and Baldur's familial relationship, as well as the immortality spell that she casts on him that left him unable to physically feel anything at all. Unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks. Because they're family. We love talking about the Olive Garden on this show. (laughs) Despite none of us liking the Olive Garden. (laughs) I like the Olive Garden. Uh, Yep, none of us. Not one. Oh, okay. (laughs) Returning to Midgard, Mimir realizes there is another way to reach Jotunheim, but he needs his missing eye. After obtaining it from... Is this Jormagander or Jormagander? Jormungander. Jormungander. Okay. That's what I figured. After obtaining it from Jormungander's belly, I want to say it with extra flair there, they are attacked by Baldur once more. Freyr inter... Freyr. Freyr. Freya intervenes to protect her son. Fraser intervenes. The- Freya intervenes. God, fuck it. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I thought of that joke. <laughs> and whatever, okay, there's a Fraser okay. joke. I can't leave it on the table. Right? <clears throat> Freya intervenes to protect her son. During the fight, Baldur is pierced by Atreus's mistletoe arrow, breaking Freya's spell. After Baldur is finally defeated and given an opportunity to retreat, he attempts to strangle Freya, forcing Kratos to kill him. A grieving and angered Freya swears vengeance on Kratos, leaving Atreus confused since they just saved her. Kratos finally reveals the truth about his own past and how he killed his own father, the god Zeus, to Atreus. Atreus laments the perpetual use of violence. Kratos tells him that they should learn from their experiences and not repeat the mistakes of their predecessors. A silent Freya leaves with the corpse of Baldur. Mimir attempts to affirm the duo in events that unfolded by saying he thinks that she will eventually move on and realize that Kratos did the right thing. So there is a central theme to the story of God of War, but there are also some minor themes to mine from the narrative. Rich, which one of these themes most resonated with you and why? Um, I think the thing I find the most attachment to, and this is like, I think it's, as you were kind of alluding, it's going to hit differently for different people based off like the whole parenthood thing. And, and I could kind of, like, I see the parenthood thing and I recognize it, but for me it's more like coming to terms with your past which is like kratos's big self arc with that um i just think it's really well handled when you couple with the shit kratos has done in his history prior to this and just that sort of journey which for me really like ends um with that scene with athena of him realizing he doesn't have to be defined by the things he's done in the past and he can kind of you know shape his own future and he doesn't have to be anyone's pawn he did he doesn't have to fixate on i am a monster and i will always be a monster yeah and like to take that a step further because i agree that is probably one of my favorite themes is to have the trust in yourself and to not have the self-doubt when you're making those choices because when you and like not to get all um gas station philosophy esque here, but um old callback. But when you have been one way for so long and you're trying to change, you're trying to be what you envision as a better person, you're trying to make more selfless choices for those you care about around you, that you're bound to have situations where how you used to handle it would have what would be sitting there rattling in your brain saying like make this choice this is what you would always do and you have this kind of newer more enlightened version of yourself that is saying no this is not the right choice and it can be especially hard when you have to make a choice that your old self would have made but you're making it for different reasons than you did in the past so when Kratos chooses to shoot Baldur. 
in the past, he would have had no issues with that because killing was second nature to him. And it's not to say that this game isn't rife with him just killing things and people and stuff now, but in this situation, he's trying to give Baldur the opportunity to spare his own life, and then he's forced to kill him. And that that has to be difficult because that's that gives him more self-doubt like can i truly escape my past or am i just doomed and destined to continue to kill gods and he's doing it for a different reason obviously he was trying to save freya but it's hard to get out of the inner trappings of your own mind and i think that is a interesting and fun and pertinent theme that is explored in this game and i I really like it it, it, it's sort of yeah like it's a smaller aspect of that theme of kind of almost of a sense of like what you do is less important than the reason you're doing it right yeah exactly exactly josh what is what are one of the themes that you like one of the smaller themes that you really gravitated towards I, I honestly, I think it is the smaller themes that I think worked better for me. Like we mentioned before, the the telling stories with Mimir and and Kratos, you know, trying to pass on their experiences mm. to Atreus as you just go through the story. Like it's it's less less the main story than the flavor that they're giving you. It, it, I mean, it is the main story. In, in, a, in a very real way, but it's not, you know, not part of the three act structure or the or the the half an act structure that we actually get here because this is this is literally this whole game is the first act of what is going to be a whole story. Like this is less so a trilogy than we're telling a story with this is kind of the way it's set up long term is is where we go. But anyway. um that 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 smaller the smaller more intimate moments are are really i think what works better with with like we were talking about with kratos trying his best to help atreus not make the exact same mistakes he's made um and frankly doing a horrible job at it in in most cases um just because he He's ashamed of of what of a lot of the things he's done, and so only giving half context for all the stories he's telling, not really trying trying to to get these stories across, which is more than he's ever done before, but still trying not to be vulnerable in it mm. um is is a lot of the way the story is framed in this is is Kratos trying his best to be a dad but still being afraid of being vulnerable. Um, and that creating more problems. Yeah. Long term. I think, I think one of the big things that like, it's, it's a smaller theme and I think it's what sets apart what Kratos went through and what Atreus is going through is the theme of community. And I think that's a, an underlying theme in this game where Kratos was largely, he was by himself. He was a one man killing machine that he, he didn't have anyone he could rely or trust rely on yes. or trust when he was going through that game and in this game he has Atreus um they had Faye who unfortunately passed on and they end up um becoming friends with Mimir and granted Jormungand there is not quite the uh part of the community as i would say you know like but he like that that giant is in essence in some way yeah, the um, the dwarves as well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But there's the, there's but, more character work in this than there was in, and, and I'd say there weren't characters like you had like Calope and like Pandora and stuff, and there are relationships that Kratos sort of forges, um, in the other games. But anyone that Kratos latches onto those games, it almost immediately ends horribly tragically. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the the thing is, I think like you're right. But the the theme of community is focused on so much more here because like one of the one of the benefits of having a community 
is being able to not only share like stories, but experience. And that yeah. is, that is one of the, the most important parts about a community, whether it's, you know, I'm in a sports club and people who are more knowledgeable in sports are sharing their knowledge with me for me to get better. Or it's, you know, kind of a, a lesson more driven focus. Like it is yeah. happening here with Kratos to Atreus, like sharing that experience is such a big part of the community and having support there for when you make a mistake. And that's, sure. I think mm-hmm. that is a big focal, not the main focal point, but one of the themes of this story is having that community there um, can help you learn and grow together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll stop being serious. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, I love you. I try and keep things light. That's what. Never mind. Don't fucking say it. I know, I know. I, I, I started to say, I'm like, why the fuck would you do that, you fucking loser? Yeah, no, don't no, trifle no. with me, Shay. The Yankees she, she are wouldn't, losing. She wouldn't say it. She likes it laying within her heavy. That's oh, I'm thinking I'm just gonna take off. You guys finish the show with that. <laughs> take it like off. The right call. All right, let's do the typical mad dash to the end. You guys ready? Ready, sir. They reach Jotunheim and they find a temple with a mural depicting their adventures. The giants, renowned for their gift of prophecy had foretold the entire journey. As they continue to look at the murals, they discover that Faye was a giant who had decided to stay behind in Midgard, meaning that Atreus is half-giant, one-quarter god, and one-quarter mortal. Their fight with Baldur is shown, revealing that he was after Faye the whole time under orders from Odin unaware that she was dead and that Atreus was referred to as Loki by his mother and the giants. Kratos sees a harrowing covered mural depicting Atreus cradling a dying Kratos but chooses to ignore it. Kratos and Atreus fulfill their promise and spread her ashes at the peak, overlooking a valley of giant corpses backlit by the high sun, beaming on a bed of clouds. Afterward, Kratos reveals to Atreus that his given name was that of a compassionate Spartan comrade. Returning to Midgard, Mimir warns them that Freya came to see him in hopes of locating her Valkyrie wings and regaining her warrior spirit to avenge Baldur's death. He also warns them that Baldur dying has caused the three-year-long Thimble Winter. I'm sure I pronounced that completely incorrectly. To begin earlier than predicted, meaning Ragnarok, a time of natural disasters and the death of multiple gods, is soon to follow. Eventually, Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir return home in slumber. Atreus has a vision that Thor will arrive at the end of Fimblewinter to confront them. So Josh, the previous games dealt with Greek mythology and Olympus. In the quote-unquote rebooted version of this franchise, They acknowledge the past events while also immersing Kratos in Norse mythology. Do you have a preference between the two mythologies? It's hard to say because in the first one you can tell they're really doing, they're really just focusing on Kratos as the, like, oh, we're we're telling a story about this one guy and his relationship to this pantheon. And how much he loves yelling Ares. Yes. Like, it's it's a little uh, reductive of the Pantheon as far as that goes. It, it's, like, it's not the focus, obviously. Um, mm. There's a distinct feeling in this one 
with them moving on to a new pantheon of just uh everything feeling an awful lot like Forrest Gump where in in every single story that shows up oh it turns out the 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 reason that this story happened the way it did was cuz this one guy happened to be there um which is funny if you kind of have the other context for it like it it very the guy's Tom Hanks yeah it it and not that that wasn't there in the first one, but, like, you could tell the point was less so the Pantheon itself than, oh, we're, we're telling about this, this story about this angry guy who's been wronged by the gods. Like, that's mm. the that's the long and the short of it. Whereas in this one, they're trying to take that and then add a completely new Pantheon to it. And it, it, it really does. It feels very Forrest Gumpy um, as far as the way they kind of... transplant that story um into a completely new setting um okay i i can see that i can see that and, and, and a lot of it's wrong. great a lot of it's great a lot of like the main character stories are great but then there's a lot of stuff like everyone keeps talking about how horrible odin is and whatnot and then like half of the horrible shit he does kratos accidentally does in this game and like uh, how, how are they going to frame Thor as being so horrible if they keep having Kratos accidentally do all the crap that, that Thor did that was so horrible? Mm. W- like, what's going to be left for him to do by the time it gets around to having him be a villain who's, you know, supposedly worse than that? Um, right. So, That's I fair. don't know. It's it, it It's hard. It's hard to really pick which one they handled better. Um, because they're plus, doing completely seen different one things of with each mythology, other. and there's a lot more into the Greek mythology. Yes, five. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious Seven. to see where they go from here because I liked a lot of what they were doing framing it, but I can. Oh, I'm sorry, six actually. Yeah, I, yeah. It's hard to see how they're going to stick the landing with this one, given some of the stuff they've set up so far. So. I'm curious to see where it goes from here as far as which one I think they handled better. Um, okay. Yeah. So you're a, you're a more or less TBD. Yeah, TBD. Currently, I think they kind of... It's really hard to say. It's really hard to say so far um, which one they handled better. Um, okay. Rich, what about you? What do you think? Um, I think I like what they've done with the Norse stuff a little bit more, and specifically I mean because the Greek stuff is very surface level, like, it's very like what you learned in history class, and like, here's, uh, fucking Hercules, murder him now. Here's Hermes, rip his fucking head off. Um, I I think they're kind of taking a little bit more time and, like, playing with the myths and subverting stuff uh and also shaping the world a little bit more because the in the original games and this is more of a nature of how action games were made at the time than anything else it was just like big set pieces to move through and murder a specific god in like there was there was stuff there if you know the source material but it didn't belabor it and i think they're being a little bit more methodical and building out the world a little bit more um yeah modern games yes but then also it seems like a lot of that extra methodical stuff is Kratos did this stuff that someone else did which, which is I feels strange still, I yes but I I have theories as to why they're specifically doing that and a lot of that has to do with the way Norse mythology is told and the idea that it is cyclical um so I think there's precedent for that that could pay off in a very interesting way That's fair I I think I've always been more interested in Greek mythology, but I th- I like the way that they really handled the Norse mythology in uh, 2018 God of War. I think they went more in depth than there was more source material involved in their kind of less reimagining of it with Kratos there. I, I really like. For... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fin- finish your thought. This is, this is like a tack on when you're done. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna. I, I was simply gonna say I think I like as of now what they're doing with the Norse mythology more than what I like what, what they do with the Greek mythology because 
like you guys said, the Greek mythology stuff was pretty surface level. I always really like the the balls of uh, the Greeks when it comes to the stories about their gods, because if you ask like Nordic people, it'd be like, "Hey, where are the gods?" And they're like, "They're in the mythical realm of Adgar, Asgard, rather, that you must get to via the Bifrost." And then if you ask Greek people, they're like, "Oh, the gods? They live uh, right over there on that mountain." Yeah, don't go there though. Don't check. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty straightforward. Now, swinging it back to you, Rich, how do you think the reveal of Atreus being part giant, part god, and part mortal will play into the narrative of the sequels to come? Um, well, I think it was a subversion of, like, who they were after. I kind of expect that he was going to end up being Loki. Uh, I remember us talking about it this time, and I kind of saw that coming. I think it's going to be less about, like, ooh, what does that mean for who he is, and more about, like, what does that mean for the again what i mentioned a moment ago the idea in norse mythology that like events are pre-written and the world is cyclical and you know the the idea of like the world serpent and uh, events repeating and like can you break that cycle is is everything as we saw at the end of the first game are these events set in stone and destined to just play out the way they are to play out or can things be changed like, are we mm. slaves to our own destiny, or can't do do we have free will? Right, 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 right. Um, Josh, same question. What do you think about the reveal? Um, kind of. I mean, I mentioned this before. This is this is the the big, small theme. Like, less so to do with the story they're telling overall than how everything is framed with with Kratos trying to do everything he can to prevent his son from doing everything wrong he's done. Mm. And that, that, like Rich said, that kind of plays back into a lot of what's going on in the North mythology portion of this. Um, how, how do I stop, you know, Atreus from just doing exactly what he's supposed to do and just being the very inside-the-box god that i'm you know already set up to be from on this even though he's you know obviously trickster god all yada 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 from there but like he's filling a very specific role he's trying to stop that from happening um that's really interesting again like i kind of said before it feels weird just having kratos be loki's father again because of the whole like i was saying just like Forrest Gump sort of feel to it. Like, oh, this one guy happened to be here during all of, um, all of recorded history. You think that's crazy? In like five games, Kratos is gonna kill Joseph Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. you, you wouldn't hit a guy with magic glasses, would you? <laughs> You wouldn't hit a guy with 14 wives, would you, Mr. Kratos? <laughs> well, speaking speaking of that, kind of, Josh, do you think that the franchise will eventually take on the Judeo-Christian god at some point? I'm so glad and you wrote this in. They, they don't have the fucking like balls. Happen? They don't have the fucking balls. There's, there's not a chance in hell they do that. <laughs> Kratos is at the crucifixion. Yeah. Like, no, like, this is, this is just, this is 100% not something... They have the stones to tackle. Like, it's never... just given given everything they framed so far. Angry man, <laughs> fatherhood. Like no, there's 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 not there's there's not the the gumption there to tackle this. Dude, I buy that game this. six times. Yeah, just because I had the balls to do it, I'd be like, "Here's my money." Oh my god! I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if like they do like an Egypt game or something, or go to another. Uh... Yeah. Like it, it's the fun joke to make. Be like, do we get to the point where <laughs> Kratos yeah. is killing the Judeo-Christian God? Yep. <laughs> but... Well, so let, let me let me pose another funny scenario to you, though. Sure. Because at the end of the first this first game, as is going to be a trilogy, we see the mural of Atreus holding Kratos. What if at the end Kratos actually does die in this trilogy, and at the end he's well, praying it's not a trilogy. to the I thought or, it was a chill. No, they already confirmed this. This game ends this the Nord, 
Hmm. Oh, okay. the Nordic story. I'm yeah. sorry, I thought it was a trilogy. Like, Thank no, no, Cory Bar- Barlog went out of his way to be like, I'm not forcing this into a trilogy. We wrote it as two games. This is going to end this story. Okay, cool. Thank it you makes for sense me on because that. ending on Act One of a game is frustrating enough. Ending it's, on Act Two would be infuriating. It's also very refreshing to have a game writer be like, I have enough story here for two games. I do not need to stretch it out into three. Yeah. yeah no, I, I like I that. can appreciate that. I think we all can. But no, all I was going to say is okay. Um, same scenario. Let's assume that Kratos does die at the end of ragnarok how fucking funny or pissed off would you guys be if at the end as atreus is holding him he starts praying to the judeo-christian god and that's how kratos dies i'd have to go for a walk because i'll be like this doesn't even make any sense (laughs) where do you even hear about this guy what what, how how what my bro (gasps) he's secretly been attending church atreus was jesus the whole time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was the true uh, trickster holy shit that's wild yeah but no i agree with you they wouldn't have the balls to touch that but if they did i agree with you rich i'd buy a copy for friends and i also family. think they should should then make a third game where you play as atreus and call it god of mischief and the tagline should be his father was a murderer but he's just a silly little guy <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It has yeah. to be silly little boy, though. Yeah. It's more no, like a slice like of life sim where you're running your carpentry shop. <laughs> and playing pranks on people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, so, like, you're just, like, putting whoopee cushions under the dwarves' chairs. <laughs> it's like a whole sneak thing. It's Sneak King. Yeah. Like, like it's, it. yeah, it's just reskin Sneak King. I like it. So the ending, while I think was a little bit anticlimactic, does a great job of setting up the storm that is to come. I personally liken it to the ending of Tolkien's The Fellowship of the Ring. Now, Rich, what are you actually looking forward to in the sequel, God of War Ragnarok? Um, a ton. One, getting back to some Kratos God bashing. Um... I am very curious at this point to see where both Kratos and Atreus' story goes. Um, they're gods to be murdered. I There's a lot of questions to be answered, and knowing that this is going to actually wrap up the story has me more excited than ever to get me my hands on this and see how it wraps up and to see what inevitable third weapon Kratos will get. Mm. Yeah. Josh? I think I'm more interested in Freya's story and how they managed to wrap that back up because, like I said, they've already changed an awful lot of that in order to get Kratos involved at all with the story. So I'm just just from a, okay, where where are you going with this now? Because, like, it, it felt weird enough just having a new character be involved with all the happenings in everything going on in that story. Okay, what are you going to do with it now? Because that's been set up as a major plot thread now. Whereas a lot of the other stuff, oh, it just happened. A god's dead. There's nothing else to go with that story. Yeah, like it's over. That's done. It's silly. Ha ha. Like we get it. This this character is, is the reason that, you know... Nixon got caught at Watergate or whatever dumb thing like but but having an additional thread left open there of there should be consequences for this character being involved in this story instead of Sindri did Pearl Harbor yeah like it's it's not just over and that's kind of the one major plot well I mean there's two there's still you you happen to be killing an awful lot of Odin's you know kids at this point so like that's the other big open thing but also that's can not only particularly that so interesting <laughs> as far as like uh, you know dynamics going on he's not met you you've killed a lot of his family oh i wonder what's going to happen with this story like there's not a lot going on there compared to the the freya stuff going on where you've got a complicated relationship with this character now um, do you think Kratos at least felt a little bad that he killed Hercules once he found out it was his brother? Nah. He was like, damn, I, we really should have gotten a beer and gotten to know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't think so. I, it doesn't. 
maybe later in life he kind of he realized it just occurred to him one afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but at, Atreus but at the was time, like, "Do I have any uncles?" And he was like, "No, no more questions." <laughs> <laughs> Just flashback to him beating Hercules' skull in with the fucking mm. lion gauntlets. Mm. Yep. I will say that I'm looking forward to seeing more of how the relationship develops between Kratos and Atreus. Obviously, I don't think Kratos will come around and be like, I love you, Atreus. You know, like that kind of thing. But I'm excited to see kind of like the full form of who Kratos becomes um, in that dynamic. I, I'm really excited for that. On the flip side, I am not excited to see what will eventually happen to Mimir, because Mimir was definitely my favorite character from this game. And obviously, if they decide to carry on God of War outside of uh, Norse mythology, which I'm sure they will, I'm not looking forward to Mimir probably not crossing Nah, they're just going to put a little pharaoh hat on Mimir, and he's going to go to Egypt with him. I would love that. (laughs) I would love that, but... I don't see that happening. Josh is losing his mind. <laughs> yeah. I imagine this is probably going to be the last stop for Mimir, unfortunately. And it makes sense, narratively speaking, but I'm not looking forward to it. So, oh my god, like... they killed Kratos. I'm going to make this clay phallus and breathe life back into him. You're going to have, like, uh, Tutankhamun's head on your belt in the next game. Mm-hmm. More like his cock and balls. I don't know why. I wouldn't be able to talk much, I assume. The f- how the fuck do you know? Do I guess you- I don't. It's voiced by Jason Manzoukas. <laughs> Fitting. Kratos, everywhere. We- Kratos, we gotta... <laughs> well, I can't do Jason Manzoukas' voice. That's why he gets work. Nobody yeah. can. Anyway, so this is the last question we ask at the end of every podcast. Um, it's kind of our way to quote-unquote rate a game. Like, we don't like doing scores or anything like that our simple uh philosophy is would you recommend this game to somebody uh we think that that's kind of like the best way of um suggesting something or saying like you know what pass on it kind of thing um obviously usually when we choose to do a podcast in the style most of the time we're going to recommend it but we that's not always the case um so rich i'm going to start out with you would you recommend this game Hell yeah. I like God of War in general, but I this I really was into this at the time. Evolution of the series was phenomenal. Um we are as of recording this a less than a month away from getting the uh the full wrap up on this. So fuck yeah, go out there, play it. Yeah. And this yeah. will definitely be out before um Ragnarok comes out as well. So. Yeah, I I figured that was the whole reason we're doing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully this will act as kind of a um a way for those of you who have kind of forgotten what happens in this game. Um, this will be a good recap for you in some ways, but um, yeah, I absolutely recommend this game. I think it, it was my game of the year in 2018 um, when we did this. And I think that it was a phenomenal game. I think it is the best God of war game to come out the date. Uh, very yeah. modern, very fun. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this game for what it is, and I, I like the adi- additional depth and layer while paying homage to who Kratos was in his past life. So, very yeah. much recommend this game. Josh? Um, Yeah, I mean, I've already kind of mentioned briefly my hang-ups with it, with it being very much the first act of a story, um, which was way more of an actual complaint forever ago than right now when you can play this game and immediately go into the rest of that story. Um, Which kind of solves that complaint by having the other just, you know, queued up on deck, ready to go, to to then finish that story. Um, And it's a valid complaint, more so I, I get what you're saying, Josh, because of the way that game sort of just, like, stops dead in its tracks yes yeah which i get it it there's a lot of game there and you gotta you they knew what they were doing clearly but boy does that ending kind of sneak up on you yeah no no like like there's there's so much so many moving parts and then you get to the end and they're like next time on god of war you're like 
God damn it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that was our biggest gripe when we talked about this game when it first came out, Josh. Yeah. Like, well, like we're like, that's it for the fucking ending? Yeah. Because, like, to be fair, though, they did telegraph where it would end. Like, from the get, they were like, we're going to go to this mountain, and that's the yep. thing we're doing. And, and that's exactly to... where the game ends. So it's like, yeah. it's not so like there was misadvertising, but they kept their word. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to actually see where the story goes from, from like a thematic, like finally wrap of all these you know big ideas that they kind of laid out for us in the first game. I'm really excited to see where that goes, and so abs- I absolutely recommend it to you. You know, with, whether or not any of these pay off because we've not played the second game yet. The first game sets up an an awful lot of interesting. Boy, will this be embarrassing if this game sucks? Yeah, well, but even even if it's so, you you know, great idea of how to. St- I mean, for 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 all of one hundred and twenty dollars, you can get you know, the art of telling a J.J. Abrams story. Um, no, thank you. How, how to set up set up every thread and then follow through on none of them if and it turns out to not act exactly. <laughs> but disappointing yeah. storytelling one hundred and one with JJ. Yep. But yeah, I I'm very curious to see where this goes, and I have I've got so many questions, and this game has done a great job of making me care about what the answers are going to turn out to be. So yeah, I I think they've done an excellent job so far. I I really hope that pays off. So me too, me too, my man, me too. Hell well, yeah, brother! <laughs> that's gonna do it for the show. We all recommend the game. Uh, we are all very excited for Ragnarok here. Uh, I think that's gonna be a fantastic ending to this this two part uh, story in Kratos's uh, long history, so to speak. But. Uh, I just want to say really quickly, thank you for checking out the show. If you like the show, head over to SoreChomp.com where we have more podcasts, articles, merchandise, and a Patreon. If you are so interested in checking out more from Merchandise. SoreChomp, uh, the flamethrower. <laughs> the kids Sword love Chomp, this the one. Muffin. SoreChomp, the breakfast cereal. That would be awesome. I would love that. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely love that. But um, all of our little swords. <laughs> Don't call it that. I would love that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, thank you, Josh and Rich, for being here. I appreciate both of you being here to record episode with me. Yeah. I was your host, Shay. And uh, hopefully you guys out there like Ragnarok as much as I'm sure we're going to. So. Thank you so much. Take care. And Rich, take it away. So that's, so that's what we say. I didn't forget this time. <laughs>